Does your dog talk to you? Do you know what he or she is saying? Welcome to My Doggy Says. Here now to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog, the host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Hi, this is Fred Haney, host of the My Doggy Says show, where we try to learn as much as we can about our doggy friends by interviewing experts from all corners of the dog world. We also try to figure out what our doggies are saying to us uh, and uh, how to use that to build uh, better relationships with them. That's the whole idea here, how uh, we can become dogs' best friends. As usual, I'm here with uh, my golden retriever, Callie, who's uh, just a few months short of being three years old now. Boy, the time goes by fast. And I know Callie's disappointed this evening because we didn't get our uh, daily soccer game in. I had a couple other projects I had to work on, so uh, Callie invited me to play soccer, and I had to break her heart, and I feel bad about that because it's one of my favorite things to do. For the first two segments this evening, our guest is Alexandra Horowitz, who's the author of Inside of a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know. I'm really looking forward to our conversation with Alexandra. She's done a lot of research about dogs, and we're going to learn a lot from that conversation. And then in the second half of the show, segments three and four, we're going to introduce a CD that we've created based on these interviews. It's called Dog Appreciation Lessons, a collection. It's a collection of the best of the best of the 75 or so interviews that we've done since we started the show about a year and a half ago. If you'd like to be part of the show and join the conversation with Alexandra, uh, we'll give uh, the first two callers a a free signed copy of Alexandra's book, Inside of a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know. And we'll also uh, give a signed copy of the Dog Appreciation Lessons CD. The number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. We're uh, always glad to have your emails and uh, uh, solicit any kind of input and feedback you'd like to give us, especially tonight because we're going to be featuring uh, in segment three and four uh, this uh, new CD that we've produced. So uh, give us your feedback, Fred, at MyDoggySays.com. You can also follow us during the week at... Uh, twitter.com uh, uh, my doggy says we can't respond to all the emails but we'll do our best our guest this evening uh, for the first two segments is alexandra horowitz who is the author of inside of a dog what dogs see smell and know uh, alexandra teaches psychology at barnard college uh, columbia university before her scientific career she worked as a lexicographer at Merriam-Webster and served on the staff of The New Yorker. She and her husband live in New York City with Finnegan, a dog of indeterminate parentage uh, and a determinate character. We'll get her to tell us what that means. And I think you also, uh, Alexandra, have a new guest in your house. Welcome to the My Doggy Says Show. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Fred. I do. I have a, a newborn son as well. That's uh, making your life exciting right now. I think. <laughs> it's that in another dimension. And uh, your dog Finnegan, you say, is of uh, indeterminate parentage. That's right. Well, I guess that's a nice way of saying that he's a mutt. 
Uh, in a couple weeks uh, on our show, we've got uh, Dr. Stacy Fuccino, who's a vet, and uh, he's going to learn for the first time the makeup of his mixed-breed dog, uh, Dante, uh, because we've got him, uh, Dante, taking the Mars Wisdom Panel mixed-breed DNA test. Ah, right, right. Yeah, now, have, have you thought about doing that with Finnegan? And there's something I like about not exactly knowing what uh, his genetic <laughs> Make, makeup makes is. Makes the magic work better. <laughs> That's right. And every year he seems to be a slightly different mix. Uh, that, that, well, <laughs> that's a new one, dynamic uh, genetics. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so in this case I might beg ignorance. Uh, Alexandra, I, I, I told you I'm looking forward to our conversation. We have kind of an ongoing debate here with uh, scientists about uh, whether or not maybe dogs are a little smarter than the scientists seem to think they are, uh, and I'm not, but I'm not even I'm not sure smart's the right word. So I think we're going to learn a lot from you tonight. T- tell us a little about uh, the research that you do. Well, with I, respect to dogs. Yeah, um, my dog research started um, about eight years ago, and I was I think on the cusp of a, a new wave of research in comparative cognition or cognitive psychology, which looks at the dog as suddenly cognitively interesting. And and surprisingly, in academics, dogs weren't considered to be interesting subjects for research. Um, But now they are growing ever more popular in research labs as studying, people have been studying their ability to follow social cues and solve problems and so forth. My own research has taken kind of two forms. Um, One is naturalistic observation, so basically watching dogs in their natural environment, which is usually at play among dogs and people. And also I've done some experiments with watching dogs and owners interact, um, and I'm interested in the anthropomorphisms, the attributions of characteristics that we give to dogs, and I want to see how many of those are, are valid. Say a little more about that. That's interesting. I know we all tend to anthropomorphize. See, my dog loves me as much as I love it. Right. I mean, I think it's an entirely natural thing for humans to do. In fact, one could make the case that um, that it's adaptive for us to anthropomorphize because we're just trying to predict the behavior of something which we otherwise can't predict or don't have internal access to. And and so we have these creatures in our homes. We They are not telling us verbally what they're thinking or what they're about to do. So we pretend that they're like furry humans, essentially. Um, and in a way, I think this has gone fabulously well. Most of the time, our anthropomorphisms aren't sufficiently wrong that um, we think they're benign creatures, but they attack us, you know. Um, but I'm curious as a scientist whether they're actually right. And so I've been trying to design some studies to test whether the anthropomorphism that we make in a certain context actually represents the dog's experience as best as we can tell. So one of the ones I did uh, just recently was um, testing the guilty look of dogs. Surely you're familiar. You you have a... (laughs) We we (laughs) interpret it as a guilty look. What, right, looks like a guilty look. And what I was interested in is um, whether it maps this look, this, you know, ears back or slinking away or tail ducked under the body, etc., um, is an indication that the dog is actually guilty. Um, now, I can't really say if the dog feels guilty because the dog is not telling me that, and nobody really can yet. We don't have that access. But in the experiment, what we did was we tried to set up a situation where 
they were actually guilty of violating a request by their owner, in this case of not eating a treat that they might want to eat. Um, and in other cases, they weren't guilty, but they the owners felt that they were guilty. So um, I misled the owners, and the owners punished or scolded the dogs um, who hadn't disobeyed. Interesting. And, well, maybe, let me tried... just interrupt to uh, yeah. tell our listeners that they just tuned in. This is the My Dog Eat Says show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, author of the four-time award-winning book, My Dog Eat Says, Messages from Jamie. And we're talking this evening for these first two segments with Alexandra Horowitz, who's the author of Inside of a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know. I, I went through the guilty thing just this morning. Uh, my wife says, I'm missing a sock. And I said, <laughs> oh, I bet I know where it is. And I looked up, and there's Callie. Uh, kind of halfway over into her crate. She steals socks, and then she walks, <laughs> she, she uh, kind of slinks over uh, and deposits them way at the back of the crate where it's pretty hard for me to uh, get at them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it sure looks like a guilty kind of a thing to me, you know, right. kind of head down and walking right. slowly and just oozing, I hope you can't see me because my eyes are down. You know, it's like a head in the sand kind of. Absolutely, right. They avert their eyes as yeah. though that's going to make you not know that <laughs> they've stolen something. Well, I mean, I think there's a powerful impulse to think that they must be experiencing guilt. Um, what we found in our experiment was that um, when you measured the amount of the guilty look, so the number of these elements of the guilty look that the dog showed, they showed considerably more, significantly more, when um, they were about to be scolded or the do- or somebody spoke to them reproachfully um, than when they'd actually disobeyed. I suppose there's a difference between I feel guilty and I sure hope I don't get caught. Ah, uh, and I think that's exactly it. In this case, I think the look is a look of what you could call submission or anticipation of punishment. You know, it's usually... A look that somebody, a dog puts on because they've been in a similar context before and they're anticipating what's going to happen. Like cowering because your dad's coming with his belt. Yeah, and it might work to put on this good, sad face look in order to avoid a punishment. Um, so I think that that's definitely what the look is. Does it? Do they also feel guilt on top of that? Well, maybe, maybe not. But this look doesn't seem to map straight to that anthropomorphism which we make. Is it uh, anthropomorphizing to think about having a relationship with a dog? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think I think no. I mean, I think we can talk about relationships among animals without having to attribute anything unnecessarily to them. I mean, it is it's a, it's a clear fact that dogs are members of human families, and so insofar as they are, we have relationships with each other. Uh, Alexandra, we're coming up on a, a break in a couple minutes here. Uh, tell our listeners how they can find your book. Uh, and uh, uh, I think you've got uh, some pretty interesting information on a website. Yeah, I have a website, insideofadog.com, and that lists ways you can buy the book on Amazon or independent bookstore or where, so ever you'd like. Um, and there are a couple of excerpts there, too, for anybody who uh, wants to dip into it before buying. I think you've got the Chapter 1 up, maybe, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As, as an excerpt. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, some of the research has to do with solving problems. 
my, my little uh, grumble with the scientists is that it, it just seems like they uh, always kind of conclude that dogs aren't very smart, basically because they can't work a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and, and I guess I wonder if we're asking the right question. I think some of the new research is asking better questions. But, yeah, the... The types of research which were designed to say, is my dog smart, the way you open the show and then step back from that attribution, I think those those were sometimes poorly designed tasks. You know, there are IQ tests for dogs. Well, shouldn't shouldn't be any reason for a dog to have a, a particularly high or low IQ. I mean, IQ is a measure of culture and dogs are not hum, in a human culture per se. So I think it's strange to ask them to do solve problems that, humans consider important to solve, but we would expect them to be able to solve other problems, like such as how to get to food which has been hidden, for instance, or how to get around a barrier. And so, so there have been some research about that recently. Now, our friend uh, Stanley Cohen, Corin, that says that they're uh, about as smart as a two-and-a-half-year-old. We'll, we'll right. talk about that uh, later. The My Doggy Says Show, we're talking with Alexandra Horowitz, who's the author of Side a Dog. And we'll be back with Alexandra after the break. Don't go away. Welcome back to My Doggy Says. Here once again to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog. The host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show where we learn as much as we can about our dog's friends. We're trying to improve our dog talk skills in order to build better relationships with our pets. We're trying to be dog's best friend and we're doing it here on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Our guest this evening for these first two segments is Alexandra Horowitz, who's author of Inside a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know. If you'd like a free signed copy of Alexandra's book and a copy of the new CD, Dog Appreciation Lessons, give us a call. First two callers will get free copies of those two things. In Phoenix, the number to call is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, it's 1-866-536-1100. Alexandra, uh, tell us a little about how your research led to your book uh, and what do you think are some of the important conclusions that uh, are covered in the book? Sure. I I was studying cognition of non-human animals, but I wasn't studying dogs. Um, in graduate school, but I had a dog, and I had a lot of questions about her. This is Pumpernickel, um, about what her experience might be like, you know, what her day was like, what she was thinking about, what she knew about me, for instance. Uh, and then I wound up studying dogs, and I uh, was interested in trying to answer those types of questions um, about Pumpernickel through the research I did. Uh, and so in this book, I've tried to take a lot of scientists' research, not just my own, but others too, and redirect it toward an understanding basically of what the dog's experience is like, the dog's point of view, or what um, a 20th century biologist of von Opskull called the dog's umwelt, uh, 
his worldview or his subjective view. And so I'm looking at all this scientific work that's been done, including my own, and saying, how does this translate to what the experience might be like to be a dog? I've really enjoyed uh, conversations here on the show and, and reading um, some of the work of Dean Koontz, for example, who's written a couple books uh, from the point of view of Trixie, his golden retriever. Uh, yeah. And uh, we, we've also uh, chatted with Garth Stein, who wrote The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is about a dog uh, that wants to be reincarnated. Enzo wants to be reincarnated as a human race car driver. Right. And, and there have been a lot of other people, too, who have really tried to hard to put themselves into the mind of a dog. Uh, probably a lot of anthropomorphizing going on there. Uh, <laughs> but I think, and I've tried to do a little bit of that, too. I, Callie's written a few uh, blogs. Uh, on uh, the MyDoggySays.com blog, uh, it's an interesting exercise to try and put yourself into the mind of a dog, and that's sort of what you're doing here. It is, and I think it's difficult to do with anyone, right? It's even difficult to put yourself in the the mind of another person, but with a dog, it becomes so transformative when you really realize how different their sensory world is from ours. Um, You know, just the fact of being olfactory creatures, creatures of the nose, that smell for them is the predominant sensory organ instead of vision. That means they, you know, wake up in the morning, and they don't see the world first. They smell it first. They're a little smell machine with a tail. Absolutely. Uh, And that tail is going to release some smell, too, for that matter, you know. (laughs) So the whole way they see the world isn't defined in the way we do. Here's a building. Here are trees. Here's the sidewalk. It's... You know, the sidewalk is peppered with smells of people who've passed by or dogs who've walked by or, or marked the lamppost or the corner of the building. The building isn't so important, but the corner of the building sure has a lot of interesting smell information. And you start to think like that, you realize, boy, their experience of the world must be really different than what some writers have tried to express, you know, which is mostly that they're sort of like humans only... Um, maybe a little dimmer or with slightly different values. Actually, one of the clips we're going to hear from the uh, CD uh, later in the show uh, is uh, Ted Carasotti talking about uh, mm-hmm. uh, how dogs read the news. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he says, well, I take 10 or 15 minutes every morning to read the news. Why shouldn't I let uh, Merle uh, read the news? And what he means by that is, well, when I take Merle for a walk, he wants to sniff everything in sight. Uh, and uh, that way he finds out what's going on in his dog world. I think, if you, if you yeah, just tuned in, agreement. you're listening to the My Doggy Says show. I'm your host, Brett Haney, and we're talking this evening with Alexandra Horowitz. Sorry to interrupt. Alexandra is author mm-hmm. of uh, Inside of a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know. I love to uh, take my dog for what we call a smell walk, where instead of it being my walk where I want to make good time around the block or I want to get to the post office before it closes or whatever it is, I just let my dog take me for a walk. So we stop at every smell. You know, it takes forever. I'm so impatient. What could he be smelling? But this is his world, and there's all sorts of information in every little, in every little scent that's laid down. He's sort of seeing who's passed by. He might be smelling somebody up ahead coming on the breeze, and I, I think it's the most interesting part of his day, so I like to let him celebrate it. it it's uh, it's rewarding and uh, enriching just to do that, isn't it? Uh, do, do people have dogs' rights? I mean, do, do 
are, are people's perceptions of dogs and you know how they think and act and behave and sniff and stuff uh, about right, or, or do you think uh, that we need to change our perception? I think that they're actually far more fascinating than we give them credit for by by treating them as though they are like humans, just just a little bit different, just closer to the ground and with the, you know a stronger nose. I think we're giving them short shrift. Their cognitive abilities are really different than ours, and their sensory abilities mean that they have a very different experience. It's like they live in a parallel universe to ours. So I don't think we're entirely wrong. I mean, there are a lot of things about which science hasn't weighed in yet. We just don't have the facts. But I think it's a great exercise to sort of forget what you think you know about dogs for the day. Just pretend that this is an alien species that's come into your house, and just observe this creature and see what they attend to, you know, what they notice about us, what they spend their time doing, what they want to do, and something surprising will come out of that. There are things that we don't expect in that creature who you are so familiar with. I, I love that answer. I, I think it's just a, a great answer because my, my feeling, uh, uh, since I really started uh, kind of taking pictures of Jamie and writing little stories about uh, her behavior and trying to translate it into what she's trying to tell me, uh, I just felt like there was an awful lot going on in my relationship with her and now same way with Callie, uh, if you kind of tune into it. But it does mean getting past sit and stay and obedience training and so, some of the uh, nuts and bolts kind of things that you have to go through when you're a dog owner. Yeah, and I think it, I it got to that more easily because I got to it through science, which said you're looking at this animal not as a familiar animal, but instead as an animal who is totally unknown. Um, and one of the things I did when I watched dogs at play was I didn't just stand and watch them as play the way I do now with my dog when we go out for a morning walk. Instead, I videotaped them and watched the video frame by frame where you're seeing a 30th of a second at a time. And it's surprising to see all the things they're doing, all the negotiations, all the little communications when you look at that level of detail. And the dog is suddenly unfamiliar that you thought you knew so well. So I recommend people <laughs> do something like that if they have the patience. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so uh, r- remind our listeners uh, the title of your book and how they can find it and, and also how they can find your website. Sure. Uh, the book is called Inside of a Dog, after the Groucho Marx quote, Outside of a Dog, uh, a book is man's best friend. Inside of a Dog, it's too dark to read. And... The website is insideofadog.com, and that uh, gives a lot of information about the book and about um, my other research at Barnard. Um, Alexandra, I knew I was going to enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much for uh, being on the My Doggy Says show. Maybe after that uh, baby grows up a little bit, we can get you back for uh, a a whole hour. Thanks, Fred. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, It was a fun conversation. after uh, the, the break coming up, we'll be back for uh, two additional segments, and we're going to uh, introduce uh, a, the uh, Dog Appreciation Lessons CD. It's a, a collection of sort of the best of the best of uh, about uh, 75 of these interviews that we've done in the last year and a half on the My Doggy Says show, and uh, we'll uh, have some fun with that. Uh, we're just uh, in the process of uh, making the CD, so you're getting sort of a pre-production uh, preview of it. Uh, but uh, we'll play about four clips uh, in uh, segments three and four, 
uh, and uh, love to have your feedback on that. Uh, thanks again uh, to Alexander Horowitz uh, for being with us to talk about her book, Inside of a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know. Uh, the My Doggy Says Show. Join us after the break uh, and uh, hear a few clips from the Dog Appreciation Lessons CD. Is Alexander still there? Yeah, yeah. I Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It's fun talking to you. <laughs> 